Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You know what the perfect gift for rugby fans around the world was, Kempe, this weekend? Oh, dear. You know. I do. I you was know. I was sitting down. I would have loved to have been up in Fiji too, Daniel. Mate, the place would have been absolutely rocking. Uh, wonderful result as they beat England on, you know, at one of the very you know, most important cathedrals of international rugby, Twickers. Yeah, huge result for the Flying Fijians. We are utterly thrilled, delighted to welcome into the program uh, part of the coaching group. Mr. Daryl Gibson joins us, um, who I'm sure is probably still smiling after that performance. Daryl, thanks so much for dropping by and joining us here on SCNZ. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well, thanks, boys. Um, good morning. No, it's um, yeah, a really special occasion uh, on Saturday. And as you, you said then, the, the Fijian crowd who are at the game, while they certainly made, made themselves known. And, um, you know, I just think, wow, what a historic day for Fiji. A historic day for the world, I think, Daryl, when you look at uh, Fiji and jumping up the seventh ranks above the English team as well as, as knocking them off in that game. Mark Mark Evans come out and said that your World Cup and and the impact that Drew would have on the World Cups wouldn't, wouldn't happen until 2027. Mate, they, they, it feels like they're going to have an impact on this World Cup. You boys must be pretty happy with the way that they turned up and played against England. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, probably the more remarkable thing for me is given the the disparity in resources available to both mm. countries. You know, I think, you know, England are a true powerhouse of world rugby. They've got resource, financial resource, economic. They've, they've got everything at their disposal. And for us just to get to the start line, you know, and get to the field, mm. you know, there's always challenges, you know, and disadvantages that, you know, tier one nations don't even need to think about. So, you know, that in its own right is a real achievement. Um, and then it, it shows what we can do you know, with Samoa doing incredibly well against Ireland, nearly tipping them up. You know, if you, you give um, the Pacific Nations, Tier 2 Nations, time together, um, you can actually, you know, coach and improve. And I think, um, you know, this is our eighth, going into our ninth week together. And just that time has been incredible to, you know, get the boys um, in a position to compete. And I think, um, you know, for us, Mark's right. You know, the draw has been fantastic. Um but we're also very lucky. We've got a very experienced sort of um, older cast that can steer those young boys around. So, yeah, it all, all collided in, in a fantastic occasion on Saturday um, and gives us a great deal of confidence moving into the you know the World Cup and the, the games for real. Yeah, really interesting to hear you talk about time together, how important uh, that is to you. And also, uh, I assume, the, the level of opposition. You know, to refer to a side, you... 
you brought up Samoa. I think Samoa's bef- game against Ireland was their first against a Tier 1 nation since the last World Cup. That, that just seems ridiculous to me. So in the eight weeks you've been together, knowing time is so important, you know, what have you focused on as a coaching group? What's been essential to, to utilise in that time? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I've been with the team for four years. You know, we get July and November, so you get three weeks. You know, in July, three weeks in November. Um, and so we've been hanging out for this moment where we get our boys for a long period of time to actually focus on getting them fit. You know, that was the first first priority is how do we get our boys fit enough to be able to compete at Tier 1 levels because we, we never have that opportunity. So, you know, we've been hammering them. This is the, the eighth week. Um, you know, they're starting to creep just because of the volume and, and amount of work we're putting into them. But that's starting to pay benefit. And probably the second thing we've really focused on, Fiji is is the most penalised team in world rugby. You know, we average 16 penalties a game, you know, 1.6 yellow cards. You know, so discipline for us and fitness. We know if we can, you know, get that trending in the right way, then uh, we're going to be competing um, with those tier one countries. Um, and as, as you pointed out, it doesn't come along very often, you know, the opportunity to play a tier one team. So uh, you seldom get to measure yourself. But, um, you know, obviously we're focused on our next next few weeks as well. We've got, you know, obviously Wales and Australia, um, our first two games in the Cup. So it's going to come around pretty quick. They, they talk about, Daryl, that... Um... I guess that, that makeup of a Fijian player, if you can actually get them fit, then their talent and their skills tends to to be far superior than anyone else. The the draw in the competition this year and that, that week in, week out profession, professional um, game, how much has that played uh, leading into the into the World Cup? Oh, it's huge. Obviously, the draw are second year, second year professionals now. And I think, again, it just highlights if you give the boys the right environment where they can train and be you know, as professional as, as they can, um, what you can do, you know, an improvement they can make in that, in that two-year period uh, has really closed the gap. You know, previously, we'd get our boys from Europe who are all in professional clubs, um, and they would be at a much higher level uh, than our boys from the island. So, you know, that's changed now. Um, you know, the drill boys... Uh, approach the game professionally, they're trained professionally, you know, they know what it's about. So, you know, that goes to making us a much stronger squad uh, and given the time that we have now with them, you know, can actually um, set about improving, you know, every day. Daryl Gibson out of the Fijian uh, rugby team is with us here on SENZ. I just want to talk about the anatomy of the game against England, if you don't mind. I'm sure you don't mind. You've been England yet. You're probably happy to talk about it at nauseam, but... 8-3 at the half, you're actually trailing at the half, and then you put 27 points on them in the second half. What what clicked, or did, did you sense something was coming at the break? Did, did you did you, did you you feel as if, hey, we're would would just, um, you know, a little bit of execution here and there, and, and a history-making afternoon is available to us? Yeah, there's a couple of big moments in that first half. Obviously, we, we had a disallowed try through a forward pass, and that would have had us in the lead. And then just before half-time, we had to withstand a couple of uh, line-out drives from our own five-metre line. And I think that was incredibly telling um, because, you know, we held England out in an area which, um, you know, traditionally that's their, that's their bread and butter. So for us, that gave us a huge amount of confidence going into the shed. 
Uh, and then coming out of it, I think Kimpy pointed it out, you know, the Fijians are always capable of scoring those tries that no one else in the world can, can do. Um, and then all of a sudden we, we scored two in, in pretty good succession. And then you can see the players just lift in confidence and um, you could see that, oh, actually, we're a chance here. Uh, and so, you know, everything, the intensity levels, the concentration um, stayed high, which, again, you know, leading into this game, our second half performances have been uh, dropped off. And so it's really pleasing that uh, we went the other way and, and came away with, um, you know, quite an incredible win. I'll tell you what, it's a really scary thing, Daryl, when, you, when you've got players who you know ability-wise are, are head and shoulders above the opposition, but confidence starts to come behind them and give them and give them that, that actual belief that, man, if they can hang with them, they're going to actually destroy them. I actually saw a little bit of the 2002 Warriors in that Fijian um, side at the, in, the, in the second half. In saying that, what is the rest of the Pacific, when you're talking about Samoa and Tonga, um, and the way that they're playing in this World Cup also aided with Fiji um, in their progression. Yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, we've all got our different strategies. I know, you know, we're certainly approaching it that we want to play a, a style of game that is uniquely Fijian. You know, we want to retain that identity and not turn the boys into a, you know, a clone of a tier one nation. And um, so we're really, yeah. really careful around making sure that all those things are retained and encouraged. You know, one of our, I know it sounds funny, but one of our things that we say to the boys all the time is just play like Fijian. Go out there and have fun. Keep a smile on your face. Yeah. And we'll see where that gets us. Um, and if you look at, say, Samoa and Tonga, um, they approach the game in a very similar way. You know, their DNA is um, generally thicker, physical, big contacts, big collisions. And you can see that the game at the moment is being dominated by big, big teams, big, big collisions. And the team that win that at the moment is dominating rugby. So, you know, I think it's it's uh, going to be a fascinating World Cup in terms of how, what style comes through and actually wins. Gary, you might have picked up on the point I was, I was trying to raise earlier about, you know, the fans of Fiji, the, the people of Fiji, how, how much active support do they get? But I'd love to know from the player's perspective, that connection between player and fan, is it a real sense of we are playing for our people every game? Oh, absolutely. I think probably the best thing we did in our first eight weeks is week one, we went out to um, Taviuni, which is, you know, sort of an outer island of Fiji, three hours from um, the mainland. And we lived like Fijians. You know, the boys stayed in a, a hut um, for a week. We, we had a limited access to a ground, but, you know, it really got the team back in touch with what it is to be Fijian and the people who they represent. Uh, and it brought our team together because, you know, we were made up of the drawer uh, and our boys from Europe. So all of a sudden, you know, coming out of that one week together, we were a team uh, and knew very clearly who we were representing and who we were playing for. And I think that's just continued uh, to build and grow. And uh, I think what you're seeing now is, is a whole nation um, swinging behind the team. And uh, that's really powerful. Well, you're going, you're going into the World Cup. You've got Wales, Australia, Georgia, Portugal in your pool. And oh, lick your chops. We had, lick a, your chops, we had a chat yesterday about um, the likelihoods of Fiji and, and uh, Australia possibly 
you know, up against those other teams. You must be quietly confident given that win against uh, England, Daryl. But how do you how do you keep them grounded? Like, I know I know it's always good to get the win, but how do you bring them down and now get them prepared and keep them grounded to go out and do the same week in week out in the World Cup? Yeah, that's that's obviously the big thing. I think um, yeah, for us, the weekend was taking our first you know a big step. It was but a first step against the Tier 1 nation to give us that belief and confidence that we can actually play against the big teams and, and compete and then obviously get the win. So that's been the first thing. But then also, you know, the great thing I love about Fijians is win, lose or draw, they still end the game with a smile on their face. You know, they don't get too high with winning and they don't get too low with losing. Uh, and that's what, you know, um, as much as we were happy about the win on um, Saturday, the boys... You know, just another day. Um, and so I think they're really, really excited about the opportunity that's ahead of them. That's that's the feeling in the team that, wow, we're actually, um, we actually can play and we're going to compete. So I think that excitement is just going to grow the closer we get to Wales and obviously Australia. Yeah, brilliant stuff, uh, Daryl. Uh, overall, y- your feelings on the tournament, um, as a whole, more broadly speaking, um, you know, what, what are you expecting? Is it going to be a whistle-happy uh, tournament? Is it going to be open? You know, uh, is it going to be set-piece orientated? Is discipline the most important word for all teams at this tournament? You know, broad brush strokes. what are you expecting as far as uh, the yeah. event itself? Well, I think you hit it on the head with discipline. You know, unfortunately, this, I feel that the Cup's going to be decided by the team that doesn't get yellow cards um, can limit the amount of penalties that they give away to, to not give um, away field position. And I think, um, unfortunately, you know, officiating is going to be a major topic. Um, I know out of the All Black game, we were at the game on Friday night. Um, and while we were, you know, seated there, we, we were oblivious to what was happening around the TMO and the interjection. Um, so I just wonder how much that's going to play a part. And then I think... It's going to be a contrast of styles because you're going to have kick, kick dominant teams uh, like Wales, England, um, you know France to a certain degree, playing against teams that actually want to be um, use the ball and uh, um, be an attacking mindset. So, yeah, as I said to you earlier in the program, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what style wins through. Um, and as an advertisement for our game, I think. Um, it's going to be incredibly uh, uh, exciting, uh, particularly the you know pool A, pool B. But now you know obviously pool C and D, the other half of the draw, it looks um, you know far more competitive um, for those knockout stages. Stages. Oh man, how exciting! You just you got pool C and pool D. If I was coaching in them groups, I would be just rubbing my hands together, going, "We've got a definite chance getting through to the major major games of this." And if they had a try of the the tournament, I'd be putting all my money on Fiji because they'd be short favourites. You talk about resources and the disparity, Daryl. This this is a real bugbear of mine with the, with the Pacific Nations. What needs to change to make sure? Like, how do we get rid of tears? For instance, and make this more yeah. of a, a an even playing field when you go into World Cups. Because in 2027, when Fiji goes there again, we don't want to have to worry about Fiji and having to having to um, scrounge the coins together to get there when you've got the likes of Australia, the All Blacks, um, and England. 
just you know willy nilly spending their money. How do we change that? Yeah, I think um, you know the, in in World Cup year it all changes because we actually do get the time uh, and the resource to be able to compete. It's what happens between World Cups. You know the, the two or three years in between where you know. You, you're throwing breadcrumbs in terms of games. You know, you get July, you get November. Um, you may get a tier one nation in, in, one, in that schedule. Um, but you, the thing that we need the most is obviously really excellent governance around how the game's administered. Uh, and then also uh, time, you know, time to actually be together. And I think, you know, when you look at the All Blacks typically are together for seven months of the year, through their championship period and then their overseas tours, you know, that, that adds up, you know, that's seven months of development and time you're putting into your players. Whereas we rely on our club club system to, to do that development and just bring the boys together for, for those periods. So uh, I think there's moves towards, you know, the nation's cup and things that are really going to help tier, you know, I hate to say it, but tier two, you know, those nations that are limited to time. Um, and that's only, and giving them really meaningful competitions to play in. Right, so there's a few things there, and I hope the administrators um, see you know, what is possible with, say, Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga competing to a really high level in this um, World Cup. Well, I hope you get your wish on that, uh, Daryl. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more cynical. Um, you know, they should have done something in 1987 after the, the, the excitement Fiji brought to the tournament at the inaugural World Cup. You know, Corin Durandu, one-handed, uh, you know, oh, incredible you. moments. Um, you know, Western Samoa in 1991. Uh, you know, hopefully we do get to, to that place. But, Daryl, thanks so much for giving up so much of your time. Keep, um, you know, huge congratulations to you and your team. Tell them to keep playing with a smile on their face because they certainly put a smile on our face watching them over the weekend. Thanks so much. No, brilliant. Thanks, boys. Go get them, mate. Thank you. Daryl Gibson out of the Flying Fijians, Fiji. A historic victory over England uh, this past weekend, uh, winning by 30 points to 22. Uh, brilliant. Uh, great chat. Um, you can just, just, the pride and the excitement was just seeping through listening to Daryl there, Kempe. Uh, you know, it's really, I guess when you break it down, because last week we talked about with, with the Daniel Anderson Stadium being named from Go Media. So I got to talk to mm. all the old boys and the coaching staff. And you talk about the old days, like six coaches as opposed to 26 coaches these days, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> what he's basically saying is that he's caught in a bit of a time warp in preparation and resource. And they need to sort that out. Like If, if they get that part of it right – you're not going to have your normal Englands and Wales and those types at the top. The Pacific boys will go straight past them. And and that's what I was trying to get to the point. Yeah, the athleticism. Incredible. Uh, gee. Yeah, good good luck, Wales and Australia, if you're going to kick the ball a lot. <laughs> if you're going to kick the ball yeah, a lot, kick it you to better them. kick the ball darn well and you better chase even better. Uh, that, that is my word of advice to those two sides. Again, thanks to Daryl Gibson. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Uh, it's nearly 25 after 7 back after this.